Today is a message that I hope is very timely. Uh, if anything, it might be a little late in the coming. I hope you'll uh, consider the message, consider the Word of God, and uh, consider anything that the message as I bring it to you might lack, or um, anything if I go too far, you let me know. But the lesson is about tolerance. And we live in an age that loves tolerance, and we should tolerate this, we should tolerate that. Uh, the unfortunate thing is, a lot of times when people are asking us to be tolerant, they're asking us to accept and approve of what they want approved of. People don't like sin these days, it seems, but Scripture is very clear that there is such a thing as sin. There is such a thing as right or wrong. There is a heaven or hell. The question is... How are we going to determine what's right and wrong? Where are we going to turn to? And we know as believers in Jesus, believers in the inerrant word of God, we turn here for our truth. And so today is a lesson that is about this topic of tolerance and also about approval of things and also kind of the question, do we tolerate too much? Jesus was one who loved sinners. He tolerated a lot of things. He, even his own disciples, his 12 apostles that, that walked with him, he tolerated a lot of, uh, of foolishness or misunderstandings on their part. He was very tolerant. Jesus loved sinners. He went to their homes. He ate with them. He was tolerant. But there was also the point where Jesus made a whip out of cords and drove out the money changers who were being abusive of the Lord's house. He had a zeal for the Lord's house. He was not going to tolerate sin in that house, the temple of God. So as we think about this and we think about Christ and how he treated people with tolerance but also came to a point where he said, I'm not tolerating that. The question comes to us, how does Jesus want us to act in a culture that's pushing for sin to be accepted in the name of tolerance? What other things do we need to watch for as we consider uh, this great virtue of, of being able to tolerate evil but not approve of it? The passage that I want to go to that seems to uh, discuss both sides of this topic is in Luke chapter 6, verses 22, all the way down to verse 38. And listen and hear, you can hear how Jesus is telling his followers, yeah, you've got to put up with people, but you have to stand strong for the truth. You have to love people, be tolerant of their shortcomings, love them, forgive them, do good to them, but stand strong for the truth. Verse 22 is where we will begin. Blessed are you when men hate you, and ostracize you, and insult you, and scorn your name as evil for the sake of the Son of Man. For the sake of Jesus. We stand strong for Jesus, and as we stand strong for Jesus, people might oppose us. They will oppose us. They will hate us. Verse 23. Be glad in that day and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way their fathers used to treat the prophets. 
But woe to you who are rich, for you are receiving your comfort in full. Woe to you who are, who are well fed now, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all men speak well of you. For their fathers used to treat the false prophets in the same way. Just pause for a second. Jesus isn't calling us to comfort. He's calling us to do things that might bring opposition to us. Verse 27. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Pause another second. That sounds like some tolerance, doesn't it? Praying for those who are coming against you and, and uh, doing good to them. That's true tolerance. 29. Whoever hits you on the cheek, offer him the other also. And whoever takes away your coat, do not withhold your shirt from him either. Give to everyone who asks of you, and whoever takes away what is yours, do not demand it back. Treat others the same way you want them to treat you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners in order to receive back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for He Himself is kind to ungrateful and evil men. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. And do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Pardon, and you will be pardoned. Give, and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. Very simple summary that I have related to that long passage, but I wrote, Jesus wants us to stand strong in his truth, yet be tolerant toward those who are evil. Tolerance is a Christian virtue. Tolerance is something that Jesus calls us to. But notice, we're not to reject the truth in the process. So as we think about things we're not to tolerate, things that we don't approve of, things that we say and we stand strong for the truth, then that the world and the people around us might come and call us, bigots or haters or intolerant. There are things that they will bring to us, but there are things that we must not tolerate. So I, I put it into three categories. I, I kind of think this pretty much hits uh, 
in a broad sense, these everything that we're supposed to be intolerant of, things that we are not to tolerate. Number one, an unrepentant sinner in the church. Trying my best to use the language of Scripture. So turn with me in Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. And I think it's very similar. I'm, I mentioned in the, on, in the introduction this idea of Jesus making a, a, cor, a whip out of cords and then uh, chasing out the money changers. This is a little uh, like what he was doing, I think. There was sin in those who were supposed to be religious, those who were the leaders of the, uh, the Jewish uh, religion, the Old Covenant, the Law of Moses, they were, not re- re- they were not responding to God's word in the proper way. And Jesus drove them out. We drive out unrepentant sinners in the church. Matthew 18, verses 15 through 17. If your brother sins, go and show him his fault in private. If he listens to you, you have won your brother. But if he does not listen to you, take one or two more with you, so that by the mouth of two or three witnesses every fact may be confirmed. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. So, here, this verse, it shows that, that sin is not to be tolerated. Sin is not to be accepted within the body of Christ. We're called out to we're to be separate from the world. The world does what it wants to. We in the church do things God's way. And sin is simply not doing things God's way. We must be holy. So we don't accept sin. We don't tolerate sin. So if someone is an unrepentant sinner, they are to be disciplined. We do not tolerate an unrepentant sinner in the church. There are a lot of places in Scripture where you can turn to that talk uh, more specifically about how to deal with one like this and what we are to do and what we, how we are to stand for the truth. Uh, So we need to consider all of those scriptures. But the fact is, we do not accept somebody if they are not following the truth. We also don't accept somebody if they're teaching something that is false. So, second point. We don't tolerate an unrepentant sinner in the church. And number two, we don't tolerate false teaching in the church. Two passages that we can go to that actually in the New American Standard use the language of tolerate, and that is Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2, and we're going to look first at verses 2 to 3. Here, this is the first church that uh, Jesus is speaking to. In Revelation chapter 2, verse number 1, to the angel of the church in Ephesus, write, So this message is supposed to get to Ephesus, the church in Ephesus. And he says in verse number 2, verses 2 and 3, I know your deeds and your toil and perseverance and that you cannot tolerate evil men. And you put to the test 
Those who call themselves apostles, and they are not, and you found them to be false. And you have perseverance, and you have endured for my name's sake, and have not grown weary. You guys are sticking with the truth, but these people who have come in and they claim to be teaching something new, they claim to be apostles, and they are not, you put them to the test, and you will not tolerate them. And that is the way it should be. False teaching in the Lord's church is to not be tolerated. We stick with God's word. Look at chapter 2, verse number 20. In verse number 18, you can see he was writing to Thyatira, the church there. Verse number 20, after uh, giving them some uh, credit in verse 19 for things they were doing right, he says then in verse 20, he says, But I have this against you, that you tolerate the woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess, and she teaches and leads my bondservants astray so that they commit acts of immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. False teaching should not be tolerated. We don't tolerate false teaching. And as you look through all through chapter uh, 2 and 3, you'll find that uh, the, the mention of false teaching and how some of these churches are standing against false teaching and others are kind of accepting of it. That is uh, a common theme in the book of Revelation in chapters 2 and 3. So we need to be very careful to not accept false teaching. We cannot tolerate it. It will not be tolerated. We stand for the truth. We stand strong for the things that um, are truth in the name of Jesus. We stand for the sake of the Son of Man as Luke chapter 6 verse 22 said. <clears throat> so we do not tolerate an unrepentant sinner in the church. We do not tolerate false teaching in the church. And number three, uh, I wanted to make this a little more personal because we don't tolerate sin in our lives. And to draw the point home, it's not even that we don't tolerate sin. We don't even tolerate a lukewarm spirit in our lives. So since we are in Revelation, look at chapter 3, verses 15 through 19. So there are things that we don't tolerate from others, especially when we're talking about the church, but then we also turn it towards ourselves and we don't tolerate a lukewarm spirit in our own lives. Revelation chapter 3, verse 15 and following. I know your deeds... And this is to Laodicea. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm, and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich, and have become wealthy, and have need of nothing. And you do not know that you are wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. Lukewarm. Don't have a zeal, and it talks about a, a zeal uh, later on down there um, in that chapter. Um, verse 19, those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, therefore be zealous and repent. 
We need to have a zeal for God. We can't be lukewarm when it comes to our Christianity. And notice the problem that's mentioned here is that it seems like these people, they become rich and wealthy. They kind of have all that they need. They are not relying upon God. And so many times in the last several years, we, my mind at least, hopefully it's, it's my, you're mindful of it too, we have talked about that parable of the one man who went out and sowed some seed. And we consider that seed that grew up among the thorns, the, the plant grew, it was there, the plant was seemingly alive, but it did not do what? It didn't bear fruit. It was choked. Why was it choked? Because it was distracted by the worries, the cares of life, the riches of life, the anxieties of life, the things that kind of pull our attention away from God and keep us from being fully alive in Jesus Christ. And that, my friends, is the danger for the church in the United States, the churches that are trying to remain faithful and true and are not giving in to false teaching, yet it is very easy for us to come and just start living life and we're just lukewarm, we're not hot or cold, we're not useful to God, we're not bearing fruit for Him, we're not zealous for Him. We cannot be like that. We cannot tolerate lukewarmness in our lives. We can't be content... With where we're at in Christ, we always need to be growing and maturing in our faith and bearing fruit. We can't be comfortable. Think about Jesus' words in Luke 6. So much of that, he was like, you can't be comfortable. I don't want you to be comfortable. You've got to be standing strong for the truth. And when you stand strong for the truth of Jesus Christ, for His namesake, Stand true to His Word and share that message. People will come after us. People will hate you. People will reject you. People will insult you and say all kinds of evil things about you. And perhaps even, oh, so terrible to think about this, call us intolerant. Doesn't that hurt us to be called intolerant? Well, We just need to understand, though, we are the ones who are being tolerant. We're not going to punch somebody in the face when they call us a name. We're not going to do that. We will tolerate people. And outside of the church, we will tolerate sin. We can't force anybody to follow God's ways. But we will not, as we go on here, approve of what they're doing. We will let them know that they're not right with God because that's what we're called to do. God let us know that we were wrong and that we were sinners and in need of a Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we will, in a loving way, let others know the truth. So the next point then, after saying these three basic things about how we are not to tolerate Unrepentant sinners in the church, amongst in our own number, we're not going to tolerate false teaching in the church, and we're certainly not going to tolerate any kind of lukewarmness in our own life. We are not going to tolerate that. We'll actually encourage everybody in the church to spur one another on to love and to good deeds. We're never going to tolerate lukewarmness. But, as we move on, we will not and we should not give approval to those who practice sin. 
Don't give approval to those who practice sin. So let's go to uh, Romans chapter uh, 2. Romans chapter 2 and uh, towards the end of this chapter. There's much in this, this, uh, this book, but I've got a few verses just to consider at the end of Romans 2, 28 through 32. And I, it's at the end of chapter, it's chapter 1, that's a misprint, so uh, Romans chapter 1, verses 28 through 32. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper, being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of Envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, they are gossip, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful, and although they know the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but also give hearty approval to those who practice them. Here's a pretty broad list of sins. You want to displease God? You want to turn away from God? Here's a big list. You go your way and you do things your way you want to and you'll end up on this list. But there are some people who even give approval to these things and we, you can understand from Scripture that we are not to do that. That is not acceptable to God. We are not to tolerate Sin in the sense of approving of it. And that's what the world wants right now. That's why atheists, you know, they um, atheists are strong. Hey, there is no God. There is no God. They just want somebody to come along and say, yeah, you're right. There is no God. You're right. That's why they're, otherwise, what's their, what's their point? What's their agenda? What do they gain out of it? Hey, if you don't believe in God, just go live your crazy life in whatever way you want to. Why, why do, if I believe in Jesus, how does that hurt you at all? And they really just want somebody to approve of what they're doing. And we will not approve, we cannot approve of sin. We cannot, we cannot do that. We can tolerate people and their sin all day long. God lets these people go their own way and do what they want to do. He doesn't bash them over the head and say stop doing it, but they're going to pay for their sin someday. So right now we're with God. We tolerate what they do. But we will stand firm for the truth. We will not give approval. We'll certainly not give hearty approval to those who practice sin. We cannot approve of sin out in the world or anywhere. We don't approve of it in the church. That's clear. But we certainly don't approve of sin and tell people that they're okay and that they're a good person and they're going to go to heaven. It is not loving, the last point on the outline here, it's not loving to rejoice in unrighteousness. You know, this is, um, I didn't plan this because of the timing, but this is Pride Month. This is when sin is celebrated. And it's, hey, we are the new way of thinking and 
you know, society and the world is, is growing up and maturing and we're tolerant, we're tolerant, we're tolerant. And if somebody says, I disagree, they might not be so tolerant anymore. But don't fear, don't give in to that intimidation saying you must agree. We have to stand for truth. We can't give approval to those who practice sin. That is not godly, and it is not loving. 1 Corinthians is clear on this. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is the chapter on love that so many people, even ungodly people, turn to, and they want to have 1 Corinthians 13 read at their wedding. It's a chapter about love. It starts in verse 4, love is patient, love is kind, it is not jealous, and it talks about all these beautiful things about love. And then in verse number 6 it says, love does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with truth. If you love people, and I call upon you to love people like God does, then tell them the truth. Don't rejoice in unrighteousness, stand firm for the truth. That is true love. And when you tell them the truth, you don't have to come across as, man, I hate you and you're going to hell if you don't change. That's not what God wants. God it says, here's the truth. I want you to come to a knowledge of the truth and be saved. I love God loves that person. Whoever it is, they're out there marching on the street, and we're like, oh, man, that's terrible. God loves those people. God loves. Sinners in the church. We catch somebody in sin in the church. Somebody's caught to sin. Go to them in love. We want people to turn away from unrighteousness and commit themselves to the truth. So when it comes to not tolerating things, we're not going to tolerate sin, and we're not going to give approval of sin. We can't force somebody to change, but in love, we can teach them the truth. So stand for bit firm for biblical truth. Um, at the bottom of the lesson, i got a few things listed here, just statements. You can back them up with Scripture, hopefully very easily. If you can't think of a Scripture for any one of these passages or several Scriptures, um, I'd encourage you to be studying. But here are some things that are biblical truth. You need to consider them. Um, there is only one way to heaven. That's truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. John 14, maybe 6. <laughs> only one way to heaven. People tell all, all over, in the, even in the religious world, oh, there's multiple ways of heaven. You can do whatever religion you want. It doesn't matter. Okay, then Jesus was a liar. If you want to say Jesus was a liar and go your own way, I'm not going to stop you, but I'm going to share with you the truth. If you think there are multiple ways to heaven, then you call Jesus a liar. That's the truth. Baptism is necessary. That's the truth. Division is a sin. That's the truth. According to Scripture. Hell is real. There are two genders. God made them. You can tell by looking. You don't have to learn what you are later in life when somebody is born. You can tell by looking. There are two genders. 
Marriage is for one man and one woman for life. That's the truth. Being good does not save you. I put good in quotes because actually, I, you know, I can argue with myself on that. In Christ, you can be good. And that's what gets you to heaven is in Christ. But the world sense of being good, oh, you just live a good life. You don't act like Hitler. Never kill somebody, you're going to go to heaven. No, that's not true. Being good does not save you in that sense. There is but one truth. And that's the truth. The truth says there's only one truth. The world says two plus two is uh, three and three-fourths sometimes. So, uh, uh, no, two plus two is four. There is one truth. Nature doesn't bend on its truths. God doesn't bend on his truth. You cannot serve God and wealth. I put that one in there to remind us. As rich people in a rich country that man all of our stuff, from our gadgets and our clothes and our nice homes and all that stuff. You can't serve God and wealth. That's the truth. Love your enemies and show mercy to them. That's the truth. Don't bend on that. Love your enemies. And how are you going to love your enemies? You're going to love your enemies by telling them, standing firm for the truth so that they can come to know the truth. And you're going to do it in a loving way. You're not going to turn and bash them over the head. If they don't believe you, you're just going to turn and walk away. Shake the dust off your feet and go on. All kinds of biblical truths, and we will stand firm for the truth that God has given us. So don't tolerate too much. Don't tolerate sin, and don't give approval to sin. You know, the world needs to know that they are lost and going to hell. That's why Jesus came, is to save sinners. So please, please, don't tolerate too much. Don't go from tolerance of people and loving them to jumping over to saying, oh, what you're doing is fine. Don't approve of sin. Blessed are you. When men hate you and ostracize you and insult you and scorn your name as evil for the sake of the Son of Man. Be glad in that day and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven. Love people. Share the truth. Don't approve of their sin. Tell them the truth. If there's anybody here today who's heard some things about the truth, you've heard about Jesus, there was a man, Jesus, he's the Son of God, came to die, save you from your sins. That's the only way to be saved. If you need to come to him today, I encourage you to come as we stand together and sing the song of encouragement. Brother Jay?